Hi, welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Do you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi everyone. I'm Kristen and you are listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. It's been a few weeks. I had girls camp. We spent a couple of weeks in California and I just decided to take a little break from podcasting. My kids are back in school now. Summer is officially over and I'm ready to get back and record some podcasts for you. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Her name is Emma Millett. She's an amazing 25-year-old woman, and she's a single young adult. And I've decided to, one of the things that I get messaged a lot on Instagram is from parents asking questions about their teenagers and having different opinions than them, whether it be about social issues, political issues, um, religious issues, and things like that. And so I thought, you know what? I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as are a lot of my followers and clients. And so I thought, why not just start tackling some of these topics? These They're difficult topics. They're hard conversations, but they do need to be discussed because our youth are are learning about things and they want to talk about things. And I think that's the, the main thing is they really do want to talk about things. And I really find that it is so helpful when they can talk about things in a safe space and um, they feel safe to share things and share thoughts and have thoughts. And and um, as leaders and parents, we can we can help our youth navigate these, these tricky topics. If you notice any difference in the sound quality, just know my microphone decided to stop working. And so I noticed this as Emma and I were talking that a few minutes into our interview, I had to disconnect my microphone and just use my computer audio. And so if that's why it sounds a little different, now you know why. And we're just going to jump right into the interview because all of my talking leading up to her sharing, I had to re-record. So we're just going to jump right into the interview. And I, I started by asking her about a post. And this Facebook post is what prompted me to reach out to her. We've been Facebook friends for a while. And um, I was really impressed with two things about this post. She started this post by saying, let's talk about the bikini. And then she posted a picture of herself in a really modest bikini. And um, she two things that I loved about it, though. She shared her, her thoughts about what it meant for her to be posting about it. But what I really loved about this post is that she, she shared that she asked her mom if she would be disappointed um, if she posted this picture. All right, I'm looking at the post now, and she said, I asked my mom if she would be embarrassed or disappointed if I posted this. And she said, no, you're an adult. You get to decide for yourself. She also said, my generation might not ever understand it, which I get. This is Emma understanding, you know, her mom's generation not understanding it. 
And I loved that. It made me so happy to see that because this was such a good example of, of a, a daughter respecting her mom and also having a different opinion and the mom respecting the daughter and allowing her to have that different opinion. And it was okay. So that is what I am going to hope to achieve with this episode is how we can we, even if we don't agree on something, it seems especially now like things are so polarized and one-sided and you have to be on this side or that side. It's really hard to disagree or allow other people to have a different opinion and not feel like you have to be right. And if you are not right, then they're right and you're wrong and it's just really difficult. And so I loved this example of being able to have different opinions but not letting it affect the relationship. And so this is where I started with Emma. I didn't, if my mom had said, no, I don't want you to post it, I don't know what I would have done because that would have put me in a difficult situation where I would have had to choose between, you know, me representing myself or me representing my family, which is really hard place to be. That's a really hard place to be. And I think a lot of young adults feel that way about a lot of things that they're struggling with right now. But luckily she, my mom, um, it's really important to her to give her children autonomy. And so I think in that moment, even though she maybe didn't necessarily agree with what I was saying, um, I think that in that moment, at least what took priority was me being able to have my autonomy to make my own choice, especially because I did, you know, I told her that I was going to include in the post that like try to make it clear that this is my thing and this doesn't necessarily represent the beliefs of every member of my family. So trying to kind of create boundaries between me and my audience and my family so that everyone's kind of clear about that. But it is, it is really tricky. And that one specifically was hard. And it's, you know, especially because that topic specifically is one that has come up um, in my family quite a bit. I'm the oldest of seven. So I'm the first one kind of, (laughs) and I'm also a little bit, I mean, for lack of a better word, whatever, liberal, conservative, I don't think we need to be in categories, but yeah as far like for lack of a better term I'm definitely more liberal than most of the rest of my family members and so and I'm also the first so Mm -hmm. it's tricky for everybody yeah Um, and that's that's what you're talking about right right and so I'm the one opening the conversation and having to introduce these topics to the to into my family and be like you know actually there is another side of this and I you know, we might, we need to take that side into consideration because I think I kind of fall on the other side. And, you know, it's hard because I also, I'm the oldest grandkid on both sides of my family. So I have siblings because, and we're all really close. So there's a lot of younger people watching everything that I do. And so, and I know that, and I feel a lot of pressure because of that, because I know that like, if I have cousins that are being taught that it's inappropriate to wear a bikini, and then they see me post a picture about it, I know that that will confuse the kids. And so I feel a lot of pressure because of that. And so that's always a tricky thing to navigate as well. But again, it just comes to like how we talk about it, I think is a solution. As long as we are opening a conversation about it and not just doing it and causing confusion, then I feel like that's the best we can do. Yes. And I know so many will relate to that. 
And I honestly don't think that there's one right or wrong answer either. I think it comes down to your intent behind what you share. And that could probably be said for all of us, right? Um, and your intent was really good. But if you didn't want to post it out of respect or love for your mom and she didn't want you to, you could have done that. But you could also, you know, like disagree if someone doesn't want you to post something and you feel in your heart you want to post it and it comes from a good place where you feel like this is important for me to share and I love you, but I'm sorry, this is what I'm going to do. You can do that too. So it really does come down to your intent. And I feel like the intent behind your post was so beautiful and I felt that, which is why I, I love that we can talk about it today. So being in a place where you don't want to offend people and yet you feel like these topics are important, that could be a tricky place for a young adult or a teen to be. What are some other struggles that you've seen that young adults have right now? Um, I think that one of the biggest things that, um, one of the most common things that has come up with a lot of young adults who have talked to me and reached out to me and a lot of, I, my coaching has shifted specifically to young adults as well. And this comes up a lot is, is trying to understand, especially as members of the church, like what that looks like, because being a member of the church right now and being a young member of the church does not look the same. Like there are many different ways to have a relationship with God and yeah. there's a lot of ways to be active in the church and like there are a few things that are required and consistent no matter who you are if you're an active member of the church like you know these are the covenants and the ordinances and these are the expectations but I think a lot of things um that were taught as doctrinal were really just principles and really I think they were just application of principles yeah and so like now ideas or even opinions right culturally were created that I, I agree with you so what are some examples that you would say are examples from like even I know what you mean like my generation versus your generation yeah um modesty is a really good example of something okay. specific um there's a lot of we just feel differently. Like people my age just have a different um, perspective about what modesty is. Like, I think again, and President Nelson has made a real push too in the church to teach doctrine and not application, but the application looks different. So like now our generation is focusing a lot on really defining what modesty is as a principle and not as an application. And then letting each person take that principle and apply it how they feel best fits their life and their belief system. And I think now the responsibility is on those teaching those principles to teach them effectively enough that people can make really informed decisions about their application. So modesty is a really specific example of that. Um, another big one that this is a really hot topic, sensitive topic, but um, a lot of LGBTQ issues look a lot different now. And like, you know, we are more and more looking for ways to include members of the church who are gay or whatever they identify as and finding ways for them to still be involved, even if they aren't temple worthy. And that's a 
that's a big shift too. And I think that looks that it, it looks different. Like our relationship with those people is different. Um, and so our relationship with that principle is different as well. Like it's, it's complicated. Like, I think it was really simple before or people thought it was, and it's just not anymore. And so I think lots of people, my, my age, active temple worthy members of the church are going to pride parades and displaying rainbows and, you know, in support of those people or because they themselves are in the LGBTQ plus community. And I think that really, really confuses the generation before us. And I think they panic about it. So that's enough. Those are the two examples that come to mind specifically. Okay. And yeah, and those are the two that I, I um, get the most questions to- questions about on my Instagram from other parents <laughs> yeah uh, that that's one of the things that their children are really focused on or that's really important to their kids and and these parents are really loving and I don't think that they're freaking out about it but they're just like this is a difficult balance to yeah. parent the child in the church and then they also have you know these issues that are important to them and how do I do it and so yeah. that's where I, I feel like it's important to have these conversations to discuss it because it's okay that we don't know all of the answers. Right. And so then how can we include and, and apply right. the principles that we have while navigating these tricky topics? Yeah. And even in the last year, like one year or, or maybe two years, I've seen a big shift in how parents respond to it. Like it used to be when my friends were starting to come out, you know what I mean? There was a lot of panic, like three, four, five years ago, there was a lot of panic about that. And people, you know, displaying rainbows, whatever, like panic was the first reaction. And I do think in the last year or so that has shifted a lot. And I think that, um, I don't know, just because of everything that's going on in the world and, you know, they talk about this all the time in general conference, they give really specific instruction about, how to like um how to include those members of the church like this is you know clarifying like we never instructed you to alienate them like that has never been the instruction you've been given and so I think the more they talk about it I've seen big shifts in the last year or two to be less of less panicked it depends on the parent definitely there's still parents that are panicking but less about panic and more just about like it's just heavy and it's heavy for everybody. Like it's heavy for the parent, it's heavy for the kid. It, whether the kid is gay or not, like it's just heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I know Richard Osler is someone who I have listened to his podcast. He has a podcast called listen, learn and love. I believe that's what it's called. I love it. In fact, he has a couple of guests on that. We're going to speak at this conference that we'll talk about. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so good. Just people that are helping bring awareness to these issues in a really faithful way that I think will help leaders and parents alike to be able to teach the youth. Because like you said, I think that's one of the the tricky parts of being a leader when you're teaching youth and they're aware of all of these issues and they have Mm -hmm. opinions that might be different. Right. Then it can make them not want to come to church or not feel as loved at church, um, not right. as accepting of wanting to go to church, right? And so that's right. why it's so important as a parent or leader to be aware of these issues and not be afraid to learn or, right. or question or figure things out with your child even. 
because yeah. I think we can be more careful in how we choose to say things. And for anyone listening who has not heard about this podcast, Listen, Learn, and Love by Richard Osler, I would encourage you to go listen to a few episodes, listen to them all. They will help you see that the people among us in our congregations, our youth and and beyond, they are real people. And so some of the things that we can say at church and do at church and some of the opinions we have and share openly can be really hurtful and damaging to these individuals. And so my advice would be, if you do have opinions, just don't share them at church or be careful when you share them and who you share them around because young people are listening and they know who's safe and who's not safe. And you want to be someone in their life who's safe, who they can go to for help and for support. I think a lot of times like young adults and teenagers and whatever, they start to feel like they have to choose between the church and like being a good person is how they see being a good person. You know what I mean? Like if you were to ask a Gen Z or like what, what kind of, you know, to give you specific examples of what a good person looks like in the world, a lot of the way that they would describe it is the same as generations before them. But I think some of them are specifically different. Like when it comes to LGBTQ want, they're going to the world wanting to find common ground and live in that common ground. And, you know, live in the peaceful place, which I think a lot of the conversations that I have been a part of or been adjacent to is people who feel like we, it's our job to go in as God's army and like, you know, really get a kind of aggressive about the delivering the truth. And I just feel like my generation has more of the opinion that the truth is that God loves his children. And the truth is that God is love. And that's the truth that we're trying to take out into the world. And that's what we see as being good people. But I think there's still like some lingering confusion about like, you know, except like this phrase that I don't love and that lots of people don't love anymore, which is hate the sin and love the sinner kind of approach, which people don't love that anymore. And I don't either. I'm with them. I don't, I don't love that phrase. I don't think that's really truly um the most the best way to represent really what god has what jesus christ preached um and so i feel like in that situation a lot of young people feel like they have to choose between you know being a member of the church with a sword in hand or going out and just peacefully loving anyone who comes across the path and the old traditions make people feel like they have to choose between those two things. And so they end up not choosing the church. They end up leaving the church because the Jesus Christ that they understand is, you know, love is the most important thing to him. And so if they have to choose, they're going to choose love. Yeah. And if he were here on this earth, where would he be? He would be with the least of these people who were struggling for sure. And that's what I think is so great about your generation is you are so inclusive and loving that it is, it is different than generations in the past where we did feel more exclusive, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's a great, like, that's how you knew you found the right thing. Yes. Because it was a little bit exclusive and like, it's not their fault. It's also not the generate, like, it's not. Gen Y's fault or the or the baby boomers like whatever like they were all 
every generation before us was raised by the generation before them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a part of the evolution. And so I think it's important to do our best to not play the blame game. I just think it's also important to clarify that you don't have to choose between those two things. Like, yes, and I love that. And that's the message that I want to try to share and figure out how to bring awareness to that. I'm reading a book by Patrick Mason called The Restoration. And it's so good. And it does talk about the ongoing restoration. And I know Mm -hmm. President Nelson talked so much about personal revelation too. And so how can we have our own personal revelation in this ongoing restoration? It's not something that is already finished. You know, we're not just, we are not, we haven't restored something that's old. It's like continuing, right? And ongoing. Yeah. And it's going to change. And so I think your generation is, is a good example of this restoration moving forward. I really appreciate the people because there are a lot of people in that aren't whatever young millennials or whatever in other generations that are genuinely making efforts to make room for that evolution, even if they don't understand it. Some of them do understand it and are with it and are like leading us. And I really, I love that because we don't want to be disconnected. Like we work the best when there's overlap in beliefs in these generational differences or whatever. But like, I just want to also say that like, while there is a lot of resistance, there are a lot of people who are willing to make room for the evolution, even though they don't understand it. And I, I just want to publicly appreciate that because I know that that must be the scariest place to be. It must be almost scarier to not understand it, but still make room for it. Yeah. Yeah. And trust, trust in it. And that's what I love as a coach to parents. And what I've seen with my own kids is just this trust that I feel that they're going to be okay. You know, I have this fear that there's one right answer and one wrong answer. And I'm the one responsible to making sure that they find it. It's like this whole life is geared for us as a gift so that we can learn and grow from our mistakes or, and from each other and figure things out, which is amazing. Yeah. I'm not a parent, but I feel like it would be really scary to raise a child to, you know, think independently and to be aware of what truth looks like and feels like and be able to, to recognize it and, you know, do all these things and then watch that child use those tools that you helped give them to make a choice that you don't agree with. (laughs) Like that must be so scary and so confusing. And I think it's important to have compassion for that, even if, it's, it, you know, it puts everybody in a really difficult position and that's just true. And so I think it's important to have compassion for each other and for parents to remember that just because your young adult is making a choice that you don't understand or agree with, it doesn't mean that they don't care about what you think. It doesn't mean that they didn't listen to you. It doesn't mean that, you know, any of those things, it doesn't mean that you've failed it means that they're taking what you they did listen and they are listening and they're taking those things that you taught them and they're just applying it in a way that you don't have any control over because ultimately their agency is theirs and I'll tell you right now they do care what you think your adult children care about what you think even if it feels like they don't they do yeah yeah and so establishing that relationship is so important so what would what would your advice be then not take what their parents are saying maybe personally and maybe what their parents to not take what their young adult is doing personally. When, when 
like you were taught to have that autonomy, right. And to be your own person and make your own decisions. How do you think your mom fostered that in you? Um, I think that, well, I think that my parents, um, I guess I can really only speak for myself. I came wanting autonomy, <laughs> more autonomy than they wanted. To <laughs> I'm give sure me. a lot of us so have think, that are the same. Yes. Right. So I think in the end, it's easier for them to just give it to me anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I do like, that's something that my mom's talked about a lot is like, she has some kids that aren't as aggressive about their independence and you know, that she's had to go out of her way to um, not take care of them the way that her instincts would tell her to so that they are able to make decisions and to kind of move through this world and this life independently. But, you know, I have a, a background in mental health and behavioral health and, you know, a big part of mental health doctrine and relational health doctrine is that like children aren't responsible for their parents in general. <laughs> like we're just yeah. not. Yeah. And that, that's really tricky. And because it's, that isn't true going both ways. Like it's more complicated the other way around because the parent isn't responsible for everything, but is responsible for more than the child is responsible for in that relationship. Yeah. And yeah. So like we're not responsible for each other's emotions. Like we can't possibly right. each other's emotions, which is true. Right in this situation where everyone is taking things personally, because we're talking about two parties that really care about what the other one thinks, but who don't agree a lot of the time about just like general, some general principles, there's just a disagreement. And it, when we care about what they think are a lot of times our instinct is to take that personally. Um, And I think it's important important to remember first of all that you know to the parent speaking as a young adult to the parent that again like it isn't because of well okay I maybe I shouldn't actually say that I do think young adults make decisions sometimes because they look at their parents and have a specific example of something that they don't agree with or don't believe in but it doesn't mean that they don't care what you think those are two different things so like making a young adult making a decision that feels confusing or scary or that feels like it's directly in conflict with what they were taught doesn't mean that they don't care about what you think it just means that they have different information than you and it's the same the other way around like the parent you know they had different information than we were given and and delivered in a different way and I think that's an important piece too So as far as advice to give either one, I really think the biggest thing is to just have compassion for the fact that everybody's trying to make the best decision. And I think, you know, I think young adults are put in a really difficult situation because there's pressure to advocate for change to the generations before them. And so And I think that's partly why it feels personal because there's a lot of pressure to like when family members or friends or whatever say something that my generation understands to be inappropriate or insensitive or whatever, there's a lot of pressure on us to correct them because we're, you know, trying to be really intentional about shifting the culture. Like we're trying to get the culture to change. And that's one way that 
a lot of people ask us to do that, but that's really tricky because, you know, we don't want to make it a personal thing between me and that family member, but also like, this is what we believe to be true. And we know that that language and that behavior hurts other people. And so who are we advocating for? Like the person who doesn't have the voice and who isn't there to defend themselves. And so just like, so parents know, like young adults are trying to navigate all of that because they understand behavior and language from generations before them to be damaging. And whether they're intended to be bullying, that's how the the people feel bullied who are treated that way or talked about in that way. Young adults are having to decide, make a choice between standing up for that person and advocating for the change that they really want to see in the world to people who are close to them or keeping the peace. And so it's hard. So I, I would advise like, just give them the space to introduce the information to you and then you can decide what to do with it. But, you know, just know that that's their intention. And I would say to the young adults, like, we don't have to go in again with swords in hand. Like you can present information without starting a fight and find, find a community. Very emotional. I've noticed for the young adults and the teens, if they do feel very passionate, it can be very emotional. And, and yeah, Yeah. with, with age, it's hard to know like what to do with all of that emotion. So it's okay. And it's, it's okay. if It doesn't come out in the most mature way. Right. I think when you have that relationship established where you can be open and honest and have these conversations with, you know, your own kids talking to the parents, then you can understand where they're coming from instead of feeling attacked or feeling like, oh my gosh, you should not do that. My husband and I have conversations a lot. You know, when we grew up in the nineties, it was drilled more like exact obedience, exact obedience. Right. And so it's like right now, well, everyone can just do what they want. And it does, it can feel a little like conflicting, right? Totally. So that you have two different generations that yes. feel totally different or that were raised different. And then now we have kids yeah. and we're trying to figure out how to raise them. So it's super tricky. So I love that you said compassion, like have compassion yeah. for yourself, for your kids. Um, don't take things personally right. and just try to understand where the other person's coming from. But that takes time, especially if you haven't already yeah. like, had that openness before. Yeah, it, you have to have already established that because uh, an emotional topic is not the topic in which you're probably going to be able to build that foundation. Like those topics have gotten really emotional for me. I've had really emotional conversations with family members about this where I get very emotional about it. I get really upset at you know, the thought of how people are being treated and it feels like there's nothing to do about it because the people who are causing that problem really believe that they're doing the right thing. And, you know, it just, it gets emotional. And so I think it's important to know that like, you have to be building that foundation outside of those conversations so that you have that tool when you're in the conversation to use. And I will say that like, one thing that I agree with previous generations is that like, it does feel like this is such a hard balance, but it does feel like truth is just kind of disappearing. Like, I feel like generations before us just feel like my generation or generations after me just have no regard for truth at all that we get to create our own truth. You know, this weird cultural thing where like 
you have a truth and I have a truth and whatever. Yeah, and find your truth. that's always something. Yeah. your find your truth, speak your truth. I've always really struggled with that principle because one way that I, you know, tend to be on a, maybe a, another side of the debate is that I, there is also though, just truth. And I feel like there's a lot of danger in, in taking out any boundaries of truth at all and saying that you you completely get to create your truth for what it is. Like, I don't think either one of those is either side of it is totally right. It's somewhere in the middle, which of course, which is why it's so hard. Um, I I really, I don't know. I really appreciate the generations before us that, um, you know, are, are, I, I relate to them being afraid of that. And I think that that is something that an understanding that they have that, I think a lot of young people don't that there you still have to have boundaries like you still things have to be defined there has to be a definition still and we can the definition can evolve but that's not the same thing as not having one and I think you know that's a really distinct difference that I think a lot of young people haven't quite figured out yet yeah I feel like there are a lot of truths that I'm sure we can agree on like what is the bottom line like to me, the bottom line, like, I, I feel like there are, are absolute truths that aren't mine. They're not yours. They're not whoever. They're just the truth. And maybe not as many as were maybe expressed to generations before us, but there are still a lot of them. And I feel like as long as your truth is compatible with the truth, then there's not really a problem. And we can still disagree because we agree about the principle. You know what I mean? We agree yeah. that we have that common goal, right? Right. Even when you disagree, it's like you realize how much you have in common. Right. You know? Right. And uh, the greatest commandment is to love one another. And can yeah. we agree about that? Like, can't we find at least agreement about that and learn from each other about what that might look like? Yeah. Yeah. And trust, trust in the process and mm-hmm. why we are all here and not having that fear, which is, I think a lot of what you're saying is you guys don't feel that fear of, there's one right and one wrong. It's over here, over there. Yeah. It's just, let's figure this out all together and um, connect with one another. Yeah. You know, not judge people as much or have super strict, like, like the cultural rules and, and all of that, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Because in the end, those aren't really the things that are important anyway. And that's like what I come what like it comes down to a lot is that like again because generations before us and I'm honestly I'm the end of that like a lot of people my age um got similar principles taught like I was taught exact obedience growing up and so I think I don't know I think again the shift is that the application will look different but in the end the application is not really the most important thing the most important thing is the truth and what is the truth the truth is that heavenly father and heavenly mother exist and they love us and they have a son and his name is jesus christ and he came and atoned for us and you know these are the truths these are the truths that are important and as long as what you your application is compatible with those truths and the principles that Christ taught when he was here on the earth, the doctrine that he taught when he was here on the earth, 
then it's, we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. like, it's going to be okay. Right. Like it's nothing has gone wrong because we're all here to learn and grow. And, and I, right. you know, I think when I look back on times in my life where I grew the most, it was when I made bad decisions and made mistakes. Right. And so I take that right. and I think, okay, that actually served me in my life. I wouldn't yeah. want to go back and do it different, you yeah. know, and that's why we have a savior to, to help. Right. So that helps me with my kids to not be fearful that they're going to make a wrong choice, be super open in my conversations. Um, because I think that that gets in the way when we are so fearful and then our kids can't talk to us. And if you have that shame and that fear and then things are done in secret or it, right, it right. makes things more difficult. Yeah. And so I think yeah, that's because when just bringing more awareness too. And I think, right. Um, we are recognizing where things can be improved. Yeah. And, um, it's a slow process sometimes. Though. Yeah. And, and so. it's a painful process yeah. making room for that and acknowledge, and it's okay to acknowledge that we don't know. I think that's another yes, thing that I agree makes it really hard, especially generations before us, like, because they don't like gray area versus right. my generation isn't really bothered by gray area that much. Right. We live yeah. in the gray area. We prefer it, but generations before us, I think it makes them feel really because I, again, I was raised by very conservative parents. And so I was raised that way as well. And so I went through my own shift of that, of like being able to say, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the answer to all these really hard questions about church history. I just don't, I don't know. And it, it's okay. Like, it's okay to say, or to say, I don't know what happens in the millennium with, for people who are gay, like, are they going to be gay or not? They're like, it's okay. If we don't actually know, it's okay. We can say that. Yeah. And I, that's how I approach my kids too, because I do think if it is so black and white, that's why people feel like they do have to make a choice. Right. And it's okay. If you don't know everything, right. when you're 20 or you know, 25 or 30, like right. you're here or for 60 on earth. Right. So it's okay not to know. So tell me about this conference that you're putting together for the young adults. So the, the name of the conference is, and the Lord calls his people, Brian. Um, and our objective is to unite and uplift young members of the church. I think um, there's a few different intentions, me personally. So this is, this is an event that um, has been stirring in my brain for a very long time. And so it, is coming to fruition and that's great. And I've been, I got the ball rolling and then I reached out in the middle of the process to um, the Tempe Institute of Religion, which is the Institute on ASU campus and said, you know, I'm doing this project and I'd love if you got on board and did it with me. And they said, absolutely. So Amazing. I think that like they have, everyone involved now, I think kind of has their own reason for doing it and prioritizing it and like, you know, bringing it into existence. Me personally, a big piece of it was, um, I think there's an unnecessary and really intense divide between the young adults who are married and the young adults who are single in the church. I okay. think yeah. like the single people go to their own ward, like they're completely separated from the rest of the body of the church. And it's just hard. Like there's just difficult things about that. And so young, I think young married couples often actually get the, the brunt of that because they are now 
being completely alienated from their community, which they were, they were alienated to go to that community. And then they were alienated from that community because now they're married and they're not allowed to be there anymore. And so it's just hard. I think that like, I think a lot of accidental emphasis has been placed on which of, with all members of the church. And they've addressed this a lot recently in general conference, but specifically with that age group that like you literally are in a different congregation and like you never see each other, which doesn't really make that much sense to me because we have more in common than we don't. Um, and it's really interesting because I was actually talking to somebody about this event um, and who was kind of interested in doing it. We were kind of trying to see if we were going to do it together. And ultimately she said, no, she didn't want to because she thought it was dumb essentially to put married and single young adults in the same place. And oh. she said, she said, they don't, you think they're going to ask the same questions and whatever, but they're not, they're different. And I just kind of was like, I'm literally living that. <laughs> like I am that. And I'm the only single friend left. All my friends are married. And I will tell you right now, we have way more in common than is different between us and in our beliefs and in our questions, like way, way more in common. And I think the church, not the church, but culturally members of the church and, and local leadership and whatever, I think, I don't know why they don't believe that, but they accidentally em like emphasize this idea that they're totally different. Well, like you're saying young, young single adults versus the young adults in that same age group that are married, like they're separate. Right. Yeah. Right. I've never actually really thought of that before. Yeah. So, and it's just, it probably it a lot of things that culturally we do is like, oh, we've never thought about that before. And then someone like right. you comes in and says, Hey, totally. I have an idea or let's try totally. something. And I noticed something. Yes. And honestly, like, I mean, this has been talked about multiple generations is people, no matter what your age, if you're single in the church, you just feel a little bit out of place. Yeah, yeah. And I think this, you know, it's just perpetuating that issue in the culture that like, they're so separate, like young adults, unless they're going to Institute, which is a whole other thing. Institute numbers are dying, which I think is partly because that's the only place where they're together. They're treated as completely different kinds of people. So especially in the age group, again, because they're so intensely separated from each other that it perpetuates this problem of there's a difference between single single members and married members. And so I just, and there, there shouldn't be like, there really shouldn't be. And like, even yeah. I even have friends my age that talk to me differently and have implied or straight up said that I am not qualified to have an opinion about adult life because I'm not married. It's true. Yeah. That you are seen as younger, not as mature. Right. Like I'm not a real, right. Like I'm not, I'm not as much of an adult as my younger brother who's married. And you know, my family's huge. I have lots of cousins. And again, I'm the oldest, I'm the first one. And some family members are better about that than others, but it's just true. Like they, they get an assignment at Thanksgiving and I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. and, which is fine. But like, it just goes to show how different it is and how people don't even think about how different it is. And it really doesn't make any sense. Right. So, so, so bringing awareness to it and enacting change, yeah. which I think is amazing that you are, you know what, that's another good thing to tell parents too, is like parents of young adults, like try to be aware. I promise there's things that you wouldn't even notice, even things sometimes that get pointed out that are so just like second nature that even after they're pointed out, it's still hard to see and understand exactly what it is. So just try and be aware of that. Um, 
anyway, so that was part of my intention of this conference is I intentionally decided to put them together and give them a, um, a space in which to connect with each other, especially because the reason we're even doing this podcast is that there's a lot of questions and topics and opinions that we have in common that are unique to literally anybody else in the church. You know what I mean? Like our generation, we just, there are things that are different about us, just like generations before us. And so let's get all of those people in one place and allow them to have the space to talk about the things that previous generations don't even want to talk about or even acknowledge at all. Like, let's talk about sexuality. Like, let's talk, uh, let's get everybody in a place. We're going to bring in professionals in this place to talk about like how you can honor your sexuality and also honor the law of chastity. And like, you know, we're bringing in the people, the people coming in to speak are a good mix of generations. We have multiple generations represented in our speakers, which I really, 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 really love. But not every generation is going to want to take in that kind of information. So we're going to offer it to, you know, these, this age group is asking for it, whether they're single or married. And so we're going to give it to them. We're going to put them all in a place and we're going to bring these professionals. So 18 to 30. Okay. Um, um, is the age range of the conference. That's who we're marketing to. I've had lots of people who are old outside of that age range who are older, who have asked to come because there are a lot of people older than that who have the same questions and want to talk about yeah. the same things. And I tell them all, yes, I like it. No one is registering for the event. No one's checking your ID at the door. <laughs> so it's the event is for 18 to 30. Um, but if you, you know, reach out to me or whatever, anybody yeah. who feels like they're going to get something out of the message, I want them to have a way to get it too. So we're going to try to record a lot of it to give okay. people access that way. Okay. Um, yeah, I will put but, um, yeah. a link to all of the information in my show notes and I'll post on my Instagram as well. I think it sounds incredible. And I do agree with you. And I feel like a lot of, um, you know, we're talking about like your generation, my generation, but we're kind of noticing, okay, this is how we can improve that message. Right. We're kind of seeing the effect of certain messages. I am just yeah. so glad that you were, you agreed to come on my podcast and share just some insight of what it's like to be a young single adult and to be so passionate about things. And um, it's just incredible. Thank you. Thank so, you. And I do think that like, every generation gets credit for their part. Like we couldn't, yeah. my generation couldn't do the work that they're doing without the generations before us and the generation before them and the generation before yeah. them, as much as we might not agree most of the time. I love that. And that's a beautiful way to end this episode with this love and appreciation for generations before us who have, you know, paved the way to where we are today. And our youth and young people are paving the way to where we are going to go. All right. Well, I will post all of your information on how to contact you. Um, If anyone wants more information or, you know, to be coached, there's a lot of need for that right now, especially in your age group. So I appreciate all that you are doing. And it was so good to see you and talk to you. You too. Isn't she amazing? Thanks again, Emma, for joining me on my podcast today. If anyone has any questions or any other topics they would like to be addressed on this podcast regarding difficult topics, subjects, conversations that we can have, you can send me an email. I'm at thelivingproofcoaching at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at Kristen Goodman Coaching. Have a good day, everyone.